Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan, joined by Chris Westcott. Welcome to the latest edition of Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. And Chris, the moment is almost upon us. Thursday, the Devils kick off the season, and you can feel the excitement building. Oh, Matty, you know, finally feels like hockey's back. You know that gif from Titanic with the, with the old woman. And she's like, it's been 84 years. I mean, like, that's how I've been feeling this entire pause. And it's, it's been a long time coming, but now we get the season. Now we get to launch the Lindy Ruff era in New Jersey. And uh, I'm excited. You know, they're going to be without a couple of their star players to start the season. We know that Jesper Brad is uh, getting his work visa and then he has to quarantine. And then of course, Nico, he is dealing with a minor injury. Um, but I, I'm still excited to watch this team because I think they're going to be more fun to watch. They're going to be faster. Uh, the defensemen are going to be more active. I think we're going to see a lot more offensive chances. I think we're going to see a lot more rhythm and movement. Um, you know, Miles Wood said earlier on in camp, he had never seen Lindy Ruff's system before. I think you and I have been excited. Bryce Salvador has been tweeting a lot uh, from MSG Networks about how exciting this uh, this system is. So I think at the very least, I mean, Devils fans are going to be, it's going to be more fun to watch. And I also think they might be ready, more ready for the start of the season than some other clubs. We've seen other clubs having to cancel camp games because of COVID um, concerns. Lindy Ruff has executed multiple camp games. He's getting them in the rhythm. Then they had the camp game uh, on uh, Sunday night where they simulated a game with fake crowd noise and the periods and game situations like six on five and and three on three and shootout and, and penalty kill and power play. I think he's going to have the guys ready to go at the start of the season. What happens from there? We'll have to see the players have to perform, but I'm really excited. The hockey's back. And I, I'm looking forward to the X's nose and the view from up top and seeing how this system translate with these players. Well, it's a season unlike any other, and it starts off with a bang. The Boston Bruins new to the East Division, the Mass Mutual Division, are the team that the Devils will open up with. And uh, you know what? We'll find out an awful lot about the Devils right off the get-go and hopefully a better start to the season than last year. And then let's see these young kids build confidence, get their experience, and show us what they can do and use that speed in the new system that you referred to. So we're excited about that. And speaking of Lindy Ruff, we'll hear from him a little later on in the show uh, as we speak with the first-year head coach of the New Jersey Devils, but not first year in the NHL top 10 all-time in wins. But as much as the fans are excited about what takes place on the ice, and that's why they're fans, they get to cheer their, their club on, Devils fans have been able to sink their teeth into the Devils more than most other teams because of what we as an organization provide via our content team, of which you are a key member. And and the person who has really been spearheading that drive for more, more, more is Jillian Frechet. She's our senior vice president of marketing for the Devils and Prudential Center. And she's got this grand vision. And we're going to speak with her in just a moment. And I know our fans are going to love what she has to say, because first off, she always brings good news and it's always about engaging the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think one thing, Jillian was the person that hired me, Maddie, and uh, I get to talk to her on a daily basis, but I am excited to talk to her in this format because I know she gets really excited about the process and the product uh, and uh, the vision, as you mentioned. Um, the vision is that we're storytellers and we have to tell the story of our brand, our players, our coaches, our, our, our systems, um, our season 
in unique and innovative ways so that we can capture both casual hockey fans, but reward hardcore devils fans that have been yearning for more coverage of their hockey team. And, you know, you see that with like details presented by investors bank, which gives you a behind the scenes access. And that's just going to get better as the season goes along. I mean, we're, we're going to have cameras embedded with the team and it's, it's going to be really fun. And, and you see that with our live shows and, and trying to tell the story of the season, you see that with our written content, we're going to have some really great stuff this year on that front as well. So it's exciting because the more fans, can hear stories about their team, the more loyalty they get with players, the more they understand the vision of the coaching staff or of Tom Fitzgerald. And, and I think that that's important because you feel a connection and I think fans are going to really enjoy it. And a lot of that's spearheaded by Jillian and, and it's going to be exciting to hear what she has to say heading into a new season. So it is our on and off the ice edition of Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils, and we'll kick things off in just a moment. RWJ Barnabas Health Telemed offers you two convenient ways to see a doctor anytime, anywhere, without having to come in for an appointment. If you're in need of urgent care, you can use our app to connect with a provider 24-7, right on your smartphone, tablet or computer or you can use our website to schedule a virtual visit with an rwj barnabas health medical group provider or specialist and you can even register as a new patient book an appointment online at rwjbh.org telemed your safety has always been our top priority and we've taken every precaution so don't delay your care any longer get started today at rwjbh.org slash telemed. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Jillian, I know it's a very busy time for you, so thanks very much for sharing 20 minutes or more with us. How are things with you? Hey, Matt, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to see you. We are certainly busy, but always uh, happy to take a hot second and have a chat about Devils. We know it's going to be a unique season. We begin the year without fans, for instance, and it's a division-only setup. It's a season unlike any other. So with fans not able to attend games, and we know our great fans want as much info as they can, what are we doing to connect with them to the best of our abilities and make sure they're a part of what we're doing moving forward? Uh, you know, that's a great question, but to answer it properly, I think we have to take a step back. Our group spent a good chunk of 2019 building out a very robust content team, live production team, and even better, a content studio. So of course we were not planning for a global pandemic, but what I will say is when March hit, we were actually really ready to connect with our fans in a very meaningful way because we were already doing it. So we had the ability to just sort of add layers, add programming, add variety uh, with a great infrastructure both of people and of course of the studio and the various elements, technically speaking, that uh, we had in place. Um, we were just in a really great spot to take off like a shot. And so for 10 months, we've been working away at, at telling stories, at connecting with our fans and our fans are very engaged. They're very exciting. So the two things that I think about all the time rolling into this season are metrics and momentum. We've got both and we're very fortunate. And already uh, some examples of what the Devils have been doing have uh, been second screen experiences, which is kind of unique to this pandemic. We saw the NFL really kind of launch it with the NFL draft. And then, of course, the Devils had the lottery show and then the draft show. And, um, you know, 
How did those go during this pandemic and off season? And then might we see more second screen experiences as the season rolls along? Sure, you know, great question. And again, I, I'd back up the bus just a little bit, Mr. Westcott. I would say that in the first few days, as you well know, uh, in the first few days of COVID captivity, as I fondly refer to it, um, we finished it our, our schedule, our, our game schedule for last season with uh, NHL 20 games, with simulated games. And right away, our fans really got into the rhythm and routine of what we were offering from real team coverage, and then what we were offering that maybe would be more of an entertainment layer. And so as we rolled through the summer, draft lottery is a fantastic example. Draft is an even better example. We really primed our fans to expect a good amount of uh, meaningful and rich content from us. And uh, it's great. It's terrific. But it's almost the double-edged sword because we're going into a season and there are high expectations on NGD TV to continue to deliver more and more and more. And we'll talk about a lot of the things uh, that we've been doing and will continue to do in just a moment. But just want to go back to the buildup of our content staff. And and that was before, as you said, uh, we got hit with the global pandemic. So were we a part of a trend? Have we noticed that fans want to experience their fanship in a different way? And this was our our way to answer those needs. I think there's a few things that are important there and a few things to unpack. You're absolutely right that fans want to have the ability to make decisions as to what they take in, when they take it in, and sort of how they curate their hockey experience. For us, our vision all along has been to really deliver on some rich and meaningful content stories. We rolled into the 2019 draft with Jack, thinking through that lens, really offering a lot, building out our content team, pulling on uh, some Canadian writers to help us with that in Vancouver. Uh, so by the time it, it came to our next draft, which is this most recent draft, delivering on this massive second screen experience in parallel with the NBC and the Sportsnet broadcast, it was just where we were headed anyway. And it was it was huge. It was really exciting for the marketing team. We were planning for it from May on. We didn't actually know the date of the draft. It didn't matter. We looked to involve our partners and we looked to involve, you know, various groups in our organization and definitely every last member of the marketing team to pull off this just amazing night of programming that actually trickled into the next day. And so to get back to your point about the studio and, and what we've done to build that out, I think our listeners have seen the fruits of that labor. There's been a ton of live streaming that's been done, our uh, camp reports. Uh, we debuted a post-game show after the final camp scrimmage. Tell us a little bit about what's gone into building that out, what fans might expect in terms of streaming and more product moving forward. Sure. Um, I think right off the top, there's better integration. So if you want to just take a peek behind the, the curtain, there's better in integration. I run three groups that comprise of the marketing team, and there's just better integration on the inside. So our in-game and, and presentation and live production crew are working really, really closely with our, with our content team, and our graphics group is working really, really closely. And so that al allows us to deliver on a really high-quality experience as it relates to second-screen programming. I think the uh, the silver lining of COVID and, and also the silver lining of not going to the bubble last summer gave us the opportunity to be really brave, to be really bold, to experiment with a lot of things, to make a few mistakes, and, and to just get better and to remain committed to this vision of just having rich, meaningful, multidimensional content for our hockey fans. You know, it's really important to talk about them. 
they can be extremely sort of diehard focused hockey fans. They can be a more casual fan. They can be a member of our black and red or our membership. Um, there's all kinds of different hockey fans when you start talking about what that bucket looks like. So what's important is serving up different content um, for all of those different segments. I know within the next couple of days, we'll probably have more announcements on the studio, Jillian, but could you tell us a little bit more specifically about what fans might expect to come out of that content studio and that integration with game presentation? Sure. I mean, I think just to, to back up for a second, I think the content studio is best imagined in the fans' eyes is a television production facility. We have the ability to serve up multiple different uh, shows in, in different ways and different formats in cooperation with our live production crew. And so if you think about the set of a TV show, we now have that in our building. And that's amazing. There's a lot of teams that are just not necessarily going in that direction. And I'm really proud of my crew for having vision and for being brave and just having tenacity to keep going, sometimes in a space that they're not wholly familiar with, they know a little bit, not a lot, and they just keep trucking, educating themselves, experimenting, teaching, learning, and more. Well, you know, I could talk about that studio all day. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. It's definitely, it, it, I, mean, it, I, mean, I love it, it. It's awesome. And in fact, I had a fan, one of, uh, in fact, uh, his family is uh, one of our longtime black and red members, but he sent me a note and he said, love the Stanley Cups. The three Stanley Cups in the corner is a fantastic touch. So it's resonated. There's no question about it. Well, and, you know, certainly Chris was alluding to it in the next few days. We'll have, we'll have some, some great news, some big news. We're looking to, uh, to announce a partnership deal with one of our sponsor partners. We could not be more excited. It will include uh, both the studio and a lot of the great programming that will come out of the studio. And, and that just really jumps us even further forward. Um, in this space. And, and by the time we're a few games into this season, I'm, I'm just thrilled as to where things will be at as it relates to our second screen experience. Well, Matt and I can't wait to get back in there. <laughs> we had a lot of fun on that post-game show after Devil's Face-Off Festa. And speaking of Devil's Face-Off Festa, I'm going to pivot here a little bit. Uh, the organization recently launched the Devil's Youth Foundation. That's huge for this organization, a huge moment for the Devil's what kind of things can this organization accomplish through the foundation? And what did you think of the Faceoff Fest, which was kind of the uh, launching platform for this? Yeah, no, that's great, Chris. Really good point. Devil's Youth Foundation did launch this past week. Um, it was many months in the making. Uh, we're very privileged to have the participation and the enthusiasm and the excitement of, uh, of Allison Blitzer. She's our chair and certainly uh, Jake Reynolds, our, our president of the Devils and also the president of the Devil's Youth Foundation. Uh, the foundation's amazing. It's called the Devil's Youth Foundation, but it's really a platform set up to focus on community and youth uh, through the lens of both hockey and music. And uh, the Devil's organization has been doing a lot of things for a long time in the community, but just really sort of pulling this foundation together really gives us the platform to do more, to go wider, and to have sort of like deeper impact and more meaningful impact. So you're right, the, the virtual face-off fest this past weekend presented by, by Enterprise really was sort of this showcase moment where from the marketing chair, we layered in some great sort of foundational and philanthropic initiatives into a hockey moment that we were celebrating. And it's just, it's kind of magic when those two things come together. Over the years, we know that uh, teams have mottos, hashtags they use, the theme for the season. What will the Devils theme for this season? What will uh, our campaign be all about? 
Sneaky question. Amazing question, Matt. The Devil's Vault. Uh, we'll crack that open later this week. It's, it's, it's a great question. Um, I think that there's a, there's a great big difference between sort of building out a brand and uh, potentially just launching an action campaign. And we're going to we're going to come forward in the next few days with some bits and pieces that are really exciting. We've been bu building out this brand campaign behind the scenes with a number of our of our uh, members of the marketing team. And uh, we're going to really align with New Jersey, not necessarily sort of the geographical boundaries, but more sort of the mindsets and the nuances of New Jersey. We're going to lean into being New Jersey's team. We're, we're so thrilled about that. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to say too much more because I'm super pumped. I'm afraid I might uh, reveal too much, but <laughs> we will crack that devil's vault open later this week and, and you'll, uh, you'll be the first to know. Stand by for news. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Matt, I'm going to ask another sneaky question here, and hopefully Jillian has the answer. But uh, we'll start things off with the reverse retro campaign, which was NHL and Adidas led. And it seemed to be quite well received by hockey fans across the league. Uh, we've also seen a lot of fans, a lot of chatter asking about a potential third jersey in the future. Uh, Jillian, what can you tell us about that? Great two questions. Let me start with number one, the reverse retro. Fabulous program. Uh, fans might not know this, but it was actually probably 18 to 24 months in the making in partnership with the league and also Adidas. We knew the reverse retro was coming. We were certainly very excited about it. For fans that know us well, they'll know that we have been in market. We have been in New Jersey for almost 40 years, and we've never really done a lot of experimentation with our jersey or launched a variety of jerseys. So we got word in October that the reverse retro would in fact launch in November. And it was just really a, a fantastic exercise. We pulled together a, a mini squad on the inside of the marketing team to really build out a robust, layered, integrated launch program. And right from the get-go, right from the moment we teased it, our fans just loved it. And I think it's just really important to think about the excitement of something new in New Jersey, a New Jersey but also the nostalgia and the storytelling that was wrapped around that beautiful green jersey. And of course, it was at the right time just before the festive uh, season. So we, we look forward to this coming season. Our team will, of course, wear this jersey six times on the ice. I think it's going to be fabulous. We've got this new division. There's a lot of good stories that remain to be told wrapped around the reverse retro. Okay, Jillian, that's great about the reverse retro. What about a third jersey? That is firmly locked in the devil's vault. <laughs> Definite possibility, but firmly locked in the devil's vault. And uh, I'll say this, Martin Brodeur has the key. So you can maybe uh, follow up with him. He's got the key to the vault and I will say no more. Well, Jillian, as we started the show, we thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, your time at this busy period. Uh, the fans have loved it, I'm sure, what you've said, because it's positive, it's energetic, and it's all about the New Jersey Devils. Uh, do you have a final thought you'd like to share before we say goodbye? Ooh, good one, Matt. No, you know what? I'm really excited about hockey. I've been in this business almost two decades. For those of you that know me well, you know that I'm Canadian. And uh, we think about hockey all day long, <laughs> right across the country. So now I'm just really blessed to be in New Jersey. It's a really special place. We've got special fans and uh, it's just a unique market. And we're just really primed to go into a great season with some young players, a fantastic content team, a really great live production team that will bring us, you know, the flavor of Prudential Center through the second screen. So just enjoy it. It's going to be a wonderful week and, and a great season. And as Lindy Ruff has charged his team, enjoy the ride. Jillian, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Chris. Great to see you. Great to spend time with you. Well, 
that vault is awfully interesting. What is contained in that? And to have Marty Brodeur as the keeper of the keys is pretty exciting as well. <laughs> yeah, the goat has the keys apparently to that last question. And, and that's going to be interesting to see. I can't wait until he unlocks that vault and, and Devils fans get to see um, maybe what the Devils have been working on. But I, I uh, again... I'm going to go back to what I said when we introed uh, Jillian, just the passion and the excitement for the upcoming season. I think, I hope that some devil's fans listening are, are getting excited as well. And, and, and like we mentioned, when we were talking about content and just our evolution and what we're doing, devil's fans can expect to see yourself and myself in studio a little bit more. Uh, Amanda uh, can't join us in studio. She'll have to do a lot of live hits from uh, she's actually embedded with the team and, and she's one of those members that's going to be there as well. And, um, you know, Catherine will be in studio. We're, we're doing a lot of great stuff. And as Jillian mentioned, and I mentioned over the next couple of days, we'll have an announcement in terms of how this team will be covered moving forward and a very exciting partnership for us. So a lot of fun things happening and, and, and it's still a lot of things left in the vault. So I think Devils fans are going to be excited about the steps we're taking forward. And Matty, it's only the beginning. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I mean, Jillian's been here for what, like a year and a half, two years. And, and, and really the content team's only about a year uh, together as a whole unit. Um, and I'm really impressed with this whole team. And uh, it's an absolute honor to be a part of it and work with some of these humans because they're not only talented, but they have a passion for devil's hockey and for providing stories to these fans. And it's just wonderful working with them and working with you as well, Manny. Well, thank you. Exciting times for all of us involved with the New Jersey Devils. You mentioned Amanda Stein. Chris, you're going to slide out. Amanda's going to slide in in just a moment as we will speak with the Devils head coach, Lindy Ruff. Appreciate your being with us for the first half of our podcast. Yeah, thanks, Maddie. Enjoy your conversation with Lindy. Uh, ask him about that system again, because I'm excited to see it. Absolutely. And we will hear from the Devils head coach when we come back. Congrats on the new house, honey. What's this? Carbon monoxide detectors? Yeah, but one on every level. Because you can't see or smell carbon monoxide. And when fuel-burning appliances aren't working right, CO can build up and be deadly. Guys, I'm on it. We just want to know you're safe. At PSENG, we're committed to your family's safety. Know how to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning. If your CO detector goes off, leave immediately. Then call 911. Protect the ones you love. Learn more at PSEG.com slash gas safety. So as promised, Chris Westcott has left his chair. Amanda Stein has come on board for our Speak of the Devils podcast presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health partner of the New Jersey Devils. And as promised, Lindy Ruff, the Devils head coach, has joined us just a few nights before the season starts. Lindy, thank you very much. I can't imagine how pressured the time, precious the time is for you at this point in the season, but we do appreciate you sharing some of it with us now. No, no problem at all. Looking forward to it. Uh, actually looking, really looking forward to the season getting going. So get by these next couple of days and be ready to play. Yeah, I think you probably speak for everyone involved. While the camp has been shorter than normal, let's get going, right? At this point, I think everyone wants to play games. So what most are you looking forward to? Uh, looking forward to seeing seeing our group play against another team. I think, you know, it's one thing to play against each other. I think there's situations when you're playing another team, you're going to see a lot more physical play. You're going to see guys going through the body a lot more. Um, you know, you're going to probably see three or four high-end lines that uh, other, maybe your your lines haven't faced. So, you know, AHL competition or some young guys that are, is their first camp, 
uh, those guys for the most part will be gone and you're going to see a lot of on opening night, you're going to see the best coming at you from the other team. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how our guys uh, have adjusted to what we're trying to do and, and how ready we're going to be. By the way, Amanda, forgive me for not officially welcoming you to the podcast, just mentioning that you were here. It is so I good to here. have you with us. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to? Me? Oh, yeah, just you. being back uh, in the arena as often as we are. And just, listen, all of us are involved in this sport on all different levels and have been for a long time. So to get back to doing what we love and being around people who love this game as much as we all do is, is just great. It just feels good because it, to me, it just feels like I'm home when yeah, I'm back I at the rink. Yeah, we're all excited about Thursday night in Boston. All right, Lindy, so conversations took place uh, throughout camp and they ratcheted up as we got closer to that last camp game on Sunday night, last night, about who was going to make the squad, who wasn't. Clearly, there were players who were not going to be available, Nico Heischer and then Jesper Bratch just signing a contract. And there were some players who it was pretty obvious needed some more seasoning, not that they don't have skill, but they weren't ready for the NHL. But there were battles. So, can you talk a little bit about what those conversations were all about as positions were being discussed between you, the coaching staff, and Fitzy and his staff? Well, again, for me, it was really getting to know some of these players, not knowing a lot about first-year guys, not knowing a lot personality-wise about uh, guys that spend time in Binghamton, uh, some of the depth guys, some of the guys that have been there three or four years, you know, examples of that are, you know, or a Sini, a Street, but then also our young guys, of, you know, Ohacha, Cabal, getting to know these guys on a personal level, getting to know them uh, as a practice player and then see them play in these, these games, mainly these last, you know, 10 days is really trying to figure out what what is the strength of this player? How can he help us? Is he ready to play? Can he play some games? Uh, well, playing in the American League, although that schedule, you know, I don't know if it's quite in place yet. Uh, will that help players? Uh, and, you know, putting players in the right places so that uh, they have a chance to su succeed. When it came to deciding who was going to make the team, as announcements have uh, come out, um, who impressed? I mean, obviously, I'm thinking of a guy like Igor Sharon Govich. I mean, he had a terrific camp. Uh, you know, what stood out about his play? What what gave him or what earned him a roster spot? I, I really believe his all round play. I know that uh, you know. I think he led our camp in the scrimmages and points, uh, maybe tied with with one other player. Uh, but his all-around composure with the puck, uh, the decisions he makes away from the puck, I think. You know, for a young player to step in, it's one thing to be able to score and, and it's another thing to be able to defend at the same time. And I think his awareness away from the puck once he gets back in his own end and then some of his in tight plays is his rush plays coming up ice, being able to anticipate where somebody's going, find that open player and create those extra opportunities. And I think on the other side of it, his goal scoring, he's got a he's got a real good shot. I think he's got to the net in situations that some young players might not get there. Uh, so like you mentioned, he is, he really has a, had a, a solid camp for us. And he's a player that, uh, you know, really will be given a, a really good opportunity here. You've had a chance to, in just one year, coach against a player like Jack Hughes or Jack Hughes himself. 
Um, from that perspective versus being his head coach behind the bench, what are you seeing maybe different from year one to a potential year two? And what have you just liked about the way he's performed at this camp? Well, I, I think first and foremost is his strength. His strength is overall strength. Uh, ability to shield shield pucks, not get knocked down, uh, spin off some plays where, you know, he's being physically played. Uh, I didn't really get a real good read on his shot last year, but uh, watching him shoot the puck, everybody says he's shooting the puck a lot better. He's shooting it harder. I think he likes where he got himself to, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, it, it, it's a hard game. He's figured out that there's no easy ice out there. So in, in his case, he's trying to fight to get to the inside. He's tried to fight to win those 50-50 battles. And I think being stronger, being a little quicker, will give him that ability to get in tight on on some of the players and, and win the battles and, and create some extra opportunities for us. One of the things you mentioned there about his shot reminds me of how, you know, after a lot of these practices during training camp, he'll stay out for a good 15, 20 minutes working with Mark Recchi, you know, just taking shots and passes and two of them discussing whatever it is that they're discussing about uh, hockey. How important do you think that relationship could be for Jack with Mark and is that part of the value of who Mark Recchi is to your coaching staff? I really do believe that's part of the value. I think you're talking to a Hall of Famer, a guy that's played the number of games he's played. He's been able to play the game at, at, every, at every level, uh, being an elite goal scorer in the league, a uh, smaller player that had to find ways of creating his own opportunities, using his speed, uh, and then at times knowing that you have to play very well defensively. And I think that Mark has stories that, you know, from day to day, he can lend to Jack and help Jack move along and understand probably how I'm going to coach, mm-hmm. how I'm going to treat the guys, you know, what's going to be acceptable. Uh, this is the situation this time of the game. This is where you've got to grow. I think uh, Mark has seen it. He's done it all. And I just think it's uh, it's a tremendous asset for us to have him and and for Jack to use him. When it comes, you know, now we're talking about Mark. When it comes to your coaching staff, obviously different pieces have you know been involved over the last couple of months to come together. How are you liking how your staff is uh, working together? And maybe if you can give a little bit of insight into what everyone's type of role is here. I, I really like the way we've come together. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll get into our role and kind of description of how we've been operating. I'll even go back a little bit further. We've we've been working hand in hand with uh, the Binghamton coaches at the same time. We've uh, discussed game plans, practice plans, pla- practice drills, uh, you know, favorite uh competition games and practice. I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, having some type of compete game early in practice, whether it's a two and two competition, four and four competition. Uh, so those coaches have, have shared that with us. We've run, run through play scenarios where I've given everybody their opportunity to say, well, you know, what do you think we can do in this play? Uh, is there a better way to handle this? Is there a better way to practice this type of situation? We've gone through, I mean, we've had a lot of time. So 
you know, starting in, in early November, we've been, we've been Zooming a couple times a week, uh, had great conversations uh, with Mark and his staff and our staff. And I've really enjoyed that as a head coach. Uh, you know, and our staff has grown at, at the same time. If you look at, I mean, obviously, Naz is going to be the guy that's uh, going to be helping out with the defense and running defense back there. And again, he's his record with the penalty killing has uh, has been excellent. Uh, Mark is coming in and we're we're playing him to his strength. He's going to be our power play coach and, and help me on on the offensive side. Uh, Chris Taylor will will also be uh, helping Mark out in a, in a special team sense. He'll be doing a lot of our pre-scout and our post-game work, uh, but we're all going to kind of work together on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got Ian Greenwald, our, our video guy, along with Mike Regan. Uh, we're doing all the video work, feeding us all the uh, the clips, individual players, and and then our goalie coach, who is who is very important, Dave Rogalski, who is. Uh, he's been sitting in on all our meetings. He understands uh, what we're trying to give up as a staff in, in certain situations and, and it been asking him, is this what your goalie would like to see? You know, laying off some type of plays where, you know, we've had a breakdown or we've had a turnover and this is what we'd like to give our goalie. Is this what right. you like to see? Uh, along with a lot of uh, goalie puck movement, uh, you know, a goaltender helping us play pucks as they're coming into the zone. So Dave uh, has been an excellent addition. I know he's young, he's new, but uh, I really love the work he's done. Still a few days, three days until opening night, so things can change. But how much of the line combinations and deep pairing that we saw in that final game scrimmage last night would we expect to see on Thursday night? Uh, you know, those lines, you know, will we see Zaka and Zajac and Miles Wood together, for instance? Well, I I think what we're looking at, Matt, is that, you know, we had a scrimmage before that where uh, both Zaka and, and, and Wood weren't available, so didn't play. We had a couple of defensemen playing forward. We put some lines together for that last game to see, to see how they would look. We tried to match uh, strength of lines. And by that, I mean, I wanted to play – you know, guys with NHL experience against guys with NHL experience so that the competition was going to be real hard versus playing your top NHL line against uh, two or three rookies, which I think puts the the NHL squad on the advantage. So we put lines together in that sense. We wanted to see what they could accomplish. Uh, the answer to your question is I, I, can, I can tell you that the, the lines are likely to change. Uh, we're going to try some lines tomorrow that are going to look different to you. And I really want to see what we get out of them. I think sometimes when you're out there trying different, different people in different places, all of a sudden practice, you go, man, are those guys clicking good together? So uh, hopefully we find something that we, we like, we, we've put the, a plan together to put certain personnel playing together. And I've mentioned this in the past, usually two guys will stay together. So there's a piece that can move around on every line. Still looking, and it's funny how it happens. It does occur that quickly. Like, wow, this this works. These guys mesh beautifully. It's it's a funny thing about about hockey how it can be just that simple. What about the deep pairing? Uh, might we see some changes from last night as well? 
Well, we yeah, we've got some. Yeah, I mean, obviously, got uh, different personnel with with Murray stepping in, with Coolcoff stepping in. Uh, uh, we've got Tennyson, who has had some experience. A player like Smith, who is getting a real strong strong look. I thought last night we got a real good game out of Butcher. Uh, probably played his best game at camp. So we've got some decisions on pairs. Uh, you know, who's going to play with PK? Who's going to play with uh, with Sebi? So we're we're looking at at our options, and I think maybe early on you'll see uh, you you will see some guys that. Uh, maybe for a period or two play with somebody and they might, might even switch for, for the last period of the game. One of the things that we see in a regular NHL season, let's say um, is a lot of that team bonding during training camp, whether it's, you know, going away and doing some sort of team building. Is there something that you wish you could have done with this team that you might you know, want to do next year when hopefully the world is in a more suitable place? Uh, well, I've done a lot of different things with the team and I think the team bonding is great. I think uh, we've gone away. We've had camps in different places. Uh, we've had Navy SEALs work with the team, which I, I thought was absolutely fabulous. I'd like any any of my teams to experience that, the way they yeah. train, the way they think, the the discipline they have. And, and really the culture they're brought in, the trust they have for each other to, to do what they need to do in, in the toughest of circumstances. Uh, yeah. So being around those guys was incredible. I think this, this whole pandemic has created where they're encouraging you to stay apart, <laughs> which, which <laughs> isn't great, which is the opposite, which is tough. So we, you know, we talk about, we would have liked to try, the, uh, tried a couple things, but then all of a sudden you look at, we can't have that many people. We, we couldn't even have our meetings together at camp. Yeah. So we split our meetings into groups. So we weren't in big groups. We haven't had a lot of individual uh, meetings. And if we do it, it, we're having them in a big room where you don't really sit close to the player. <laughs> you, you try to keep your distance. Uh, so everything you preach about team building, it, it really is the opposite right now. So that, that must challenge you as a coach to still be able to create that type of bond uh, between your players as teammates. And also, you know, if you consider when you're on road trips and a lot of these guys do things together, they'll go for dinner together, they'll create those instant bonds. How, like, are you worried about how these bonds are going to be created, especially with a new core? Or, you know, are you going to get inventive in other ways of keeping these guys, you know, um, I guess like the icebreaker part of it all. Well, I, I think the players are pretty good at uh, when we're going to be in tight quarters. Let's say we have we go on the road and we have you know we still have our team bus, our team plane. Yeah. Uh, we will still have the hotel where we'll have our you know our our, our team meal room uh, where you'll be a little bit apart, but you all be be together. And I, and I think the players are pretty good at at uh, getting themselves together in, in small groups and they still have, you know, stuff that they can interact with, with each other. So uh, not ideal, but I think it's, it's something that every team is dealing with. Uh, and, you know, I think there's times we can try to get creative. We, uh, we don't have a lot of time <laughs> when you look at the schedule, uh, <laughs> you know, I think creative would be 
when you look at the, the heart of the schedule would be bringing them an extra pillow to their room to get some extra rest because <laughs> <laughs> you're playing four games in six nights and uh, you get a day off and, and we're going to play the next day. So you got to be ready to play again. Uh, I think it, it, it's going to be a, a mentally draining schedule and a physically draining schedule with myself as a coach, really trying to monitor hard, you know, where we are, where we are physically. And even if we're not physically drained, we could be mentally drained when you start yeah. playing that many games in that, that few days. You know, I guess one of the good things in terms of, you know, having that energy is that you do have a very young core on this team. So how much are you looking forward to, you know, working and growing with such a young core that includes, you know, even players like Nico and Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes, who we mentioned before, Mackenzie Blackwood. How like how excited are you for that opportunity? You've done it at camp, but now you get to, you know, be part of the real thing. Well, that I I always feel great when I see young players developing, young players having success, young players starting to feel good about their game, starting to feel that, you know, I put the work in for for the last 10 years or through junior, through wherever to get to this point. And, and maybe you struggle your first couple of years of pro, you get the opportunity and you start to succeed. And a lot of times it's two or three players. And, and then it turns into, you know, five to eight players that have, have grown up in the same type of group and they're having success together. And I don't know if there's any better feeling as a coach to see these guys you know, start winning games, start believing in each other, start having a lot of fun, see that smile on the face, see that big, I don't even know if you're allowed a group hug after you score. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we have a lot of those. So it, uh, it's something I'm looking forward to. Well, we all are looking forward to Thursday when the season kicks off last couple, and then uh, we'll, we'll let you go and we'll wrap things up. Taxi squad, how do you utilize the taxi squad, especially as it relates to that mental and physical grind that the season will present? Well, I, I think the taxi squad will be the players that will step in and help you. You know, if we've got players that are playing big minutes, uh, you know, we've had a demanding game the night before. Those players, I, I think, will we'll, we'll look at rest days or optional days, and the taxi squad guys will come in, and they'll fill in as as – as those players for those practices with the guys that have played the lower minutes or we feel need a little bit of extra work. So I think there's, there's a lot of different ways we can utilize these guys. They can get out early. They can help our goalie coach with the, the shooting on the goalies when they go out 20 minutes before, or we're having meetings with uh, the group from the night before. And what was the benefit or how was the decision-making process unfolding as to who's on the taxi squad versus who now we don't know when Binghamton or how many, the schedule hasn't come out. They're not going to start until February, but the benefit of playing a lot versus practicing, but it's an NHL practice with NHL coaches and staff and all that sort of stuff. What were those discussions like about how players were going to be uh, farmed out if you parceled out? Well, I, that's a great question. Uh, you know, and you're looking at players that a lot of players, the only way they get better is play. So if you're going to turn into a practice player, a taxi squad player, I, I, I think there's times where you can, you, you can probably lose some of your edge. You're not playing in, in game situations. Uh, so the hope is that maybe these taxi squad players can rotate a little bit. Some can be taxi squads, some, some can play games. Uh, but at the same time, I, I don't think it's healthy for, for a young player 
to just sit there and not play as a, as a taxi squad member. And finally, you're a native of Warburg, Alberta. What's going on in Warburg, Alberta at this point? Right I, now, as we have this conversation. I would say not a heck of a lot. You know, when you're, <laughs> when you're dealing with a town of about 600 people, uh, my parents are still there. I asked them and they said, we don't see many people even driving around. <laughs> and, and I said, well, there's not many people to drive around. So, and the fact you don't have a traffic light in your town, you're, you really don't have to worry about too much. So, uh, it's a pretty quiet time out in a, in a, in a rural, rural area. I love it. No, no traffic light. I love those small towns that still <laughs> exist out west and in parts of America. Uh, anyway, Lindy, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Good luck on Thursday. We'll see you at practice. Yeah, thank you, guys. And that'll wrap things up for this edition of Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. Thanks to Jillian Frechette and Lindy Ruff for joining us. And thanks to my partners, Chris Westcott and Amanda Stein. I'm Matt Locke. Thank you so much for your company. Until next time, be safe, be well. So long, everyone. <laughs>